Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpets the Trailer Trash. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the alcohol to my Bong Joon-ho, Mr. Connor Rock. What the hell does that one mean? Oh, so you didn't watch the Oscars last night. No. Because after, after, starting after the second Oscar that Bong Joon-ho won, which he won four last night. Count them. Four. This dude, I don't think he'd ever been nominated for an Oscar before. Dude comes in and completely cleans up. Did, yeah, did he win everything he was nominated for? I know we're not talking about uh, the Oscars this week, but... Uh, I believe that he personally did win everything he was nominated for. Because he got the Best uh, International Feature Film... Yeah. Which I have I have a bone to pick about that because if it's an international feature film instead of a foreign language film, then why can't why wouldn't say nineteen seventeen, which was British, be put in there? Or an Australian movie. But I don't know. Whatever. I don't have the answers. But he won that. He won best uh original screenplay, he won best uh director, and he won best picture. Oh, damn. It, I knew he won best it picture. It was it was the first time a for a la- a film not in the English language, but having a language. So like, there was there have been silent films that have won obviously. Yeah, wasn't but that like the uh, I don't know six years ago with like the was it the pianist? I think the it was twenty eleven. It was the artist. Yeah. yeah. So wait, where does but, alcohol uh, fit into this then? So, starting, I think the first one he won was Best Original Screenplay. He went up, he thanked everybody, and then, like, gave his speech. He went up, and he was expecting to win Best Feature Film, because he was the only foreign film, or Best Foreign Feature Film, because he's the only uh, one in that group that was nominated for Best Picture. So he goes up there and wins, and he's like, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to go get very, <laughs> get very drunk tonight. Because it's his second Oscar of the night. Then he comes back up for Best Director, and he's like, I thought my night was going to be over (laughs) after after that last one. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get up tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drink so much. And the funniest part was that he doesn't speak very good English. So the person that's up there with him, that he has a translator up there with him, translating this. <laughs> so then what happened um, on his fourth one? He just like, oh, he didn't. He didn't really talk during his fourth one because he'd been up there three times already. Yeah. Uh, the person that actually spoke the most, the, I believe, the uh, one of the actresses in the film did but the uh what is it uh the apparently someone that came up and talked was like this huge executive that's like has her like a media mogul that has her hand in every major korean picture uh started talking and this like i said this is the first time that an international film has won the uh won the oscar and so it's the first time that a korean film has ever even been nominated so then, so this lady just decided, like, she was doing... Well, she was, like, I think she was, like, an executive producer uh, okay, or something. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. Hey, good for him. I like yeah, he's no. embracing it, too. It's good stuff. Yeah, seems like a cool dude. Uh, 
kind of makes when, me a... How easy is it for people who have never seen you before just to love you immediately? Just go up there and talk <laughs> about how you're going to celebrate by getting the hammered. But, oh, by the way, if you've never seen, uh, seen a movie by him, uh, I, and I assume that you haven't because he's only made like three, I think he's only made like three movies in the last, or he's only made one English language film, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but he made, and it was Snowpiercer, uh, which was, yeah, yeah. I, I think I mentioned that before, that's a great movie. Yeah, you know there's... 10 out of 10 would recommend. I actually think that I may have preferred that movie to Parasite, strangely enough. But that didn't get any buzz because I think it was I think because it was an action movie. That's like the train where they're eating everybody. Yeah, Spoilers. that is... Chris Evans well, is like the messiah. Sort of. It's, it is one of the most heavy-handed, like, class struggle uh, allegories that you'll ever see. This Parasite, we're, I, I want to talk about Parasite at some point in the future, because it really, I do not understand why it's gotten so much support for its, its uh, discussion of class and class struggles, because it reflects, I think I said this before, it reflects so poorly on poor people. Like, it makes them look like absolute dog shit. Parasite does. I don't know. Yeah, and no no one seems to hold the same opinion that I do on this. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna need to explore this this thought. But this week, uh we will not be talking about that and we will not be talking about the Oscars. I believe we're gonna hold off on that until next week. Uh because we've got a jam packed episode today. Because we're gonna be discussing Birds of Prey. Or the fantabulous emancipation uh, of one Harley Quinn. Let's just call it Birds of Prey. It's too much. Yeah. Just call it Bop. Um, <laughs> Talk of the Bop. Uh, and then we will be looking ahead to this weekend, which is just jam-packed with new movies coming out. We've got Downhill. Uh, we've got uh, Fantasy Island. We've got Sonic the Hedgehog. And the photograph. I gotta say, the Valentine's Day weekend, all these movies sexy as fuck, and I'm excited to talk about them. I do want to yep, say every one, more. every single one of them is sexy as fuck. Sexy as fuck. I stand by it. <laughs> one. No, nah, I'm agreeing with yeah. you. So I want one. I read something about Snowpiercer. I want to get back to that real quick, just like a thirty second tangent, because I can't explain it as well as this article that exists out there. I don't remember where it was, but there's like a theory that a fan theory that has gotten some some traction. I mean, it's obviously not the case, but someone has uh, like theorized that Snowpiercer is the sequel to Willy Wonka. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I need I need to actually. <laughs> Can you put a note down, because I don't have anything near me to do this, and remind me at the end of this so that I can go and read this article? Yeah, I don't know where it is. You'll have to find it. But the bullet points are essentially, uh, like, this huge, complex, like, train-slash-factory, and, like, they eat people where they clearly were okay with eating people with Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah, no. 
He he's responsible for murdering and eating children. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. I think we're all aware of that. Uh, also, uh, even even with that being very well known, um, very clearly, Grandpa Joe is the bad guy in Willy Wonka. And I will fight anyone who disagrees. Yeah, I, I agree. He's just bedridden until he <laughs> dances a jig. Until he gets an opportunity until he gets an opportunity to go to a fucking candy factory. <laughs> then he gets off his lazy ass. He's been in that bed for twenty years. You know what that means? Unless he was unless he's ninety years old, which he doesn't look like it. He looks like he's sixty. He looks like he could have been out there so helping to support this family. No, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think Hell, even if he's 80, then a 60-year-old can still go out and do a fair bit of work. He shouldn't have been bedridden for 20 years. Maybe 10. He was bedridden for 20 years, and then the golden ticket revived him. So it's, a ma- it's magic. Don't worry about it too much. It's not magic. I will say that this talk about uh, Willy Wonka makes me really crave uh, some of that Willy Wonka candy. Which Willy Wonka candy? Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. Actually, you know what's really good is there's this thing. I'm not sure if they still make it, but it's sort of like a caramello bar where it had four different fillings. It had like uh, a caramel filling in one in one section of it. It had a uh, like a, cho- a marshmallow fluff in another. It had like nuts in another and it had peanut or peanut butter in the third and then like some truffle in the fourth it was fucking awesome that was a wonka can i thought they only made like, like i think it was a wonka candy i don't know for sure but it was like i said it was like a caramello bar but with like four different fillings for each of the different sections and it was so good just hit hit all the things you want from in a candy bar. Unless you're one of those weirdos that want, like, nuts in it. Yeah, no, I've always just been... Or coconut. Coconut, yeah, something I've I never appreciated. but Almond Joy. Get out of here. I don't know, I don't know who Almond Joy's market is, but they don't... Nope, hate it. They don't deserve it. Uh, I will say... I, I am surprised by how much I enjoy a, uh, a payday. Yeah, they don't want the pretzels. No, that's the one that's just peanuts around a thing around caramel. Huh. I don't know if I've ever had one. What's the one with the pretzels? Like a take five? Oh yeah, that's one. Oh, I used, yeah. I used to kinda like those back in high school. Hundred Grand is really good. Uh oh, what's the have you ever I met for the first time ever someone who actually brought up as like a candy bar that they would consume a zero bar i don't know what that is it's like it's like a white chocolate candy bar that has i want to say peanut butter filling i actually i'm gonna put some effort into this and look it up because this is a complete and total tangent that we may or may not have time for <laughs> i don't but think it we is, have time for this but i'm interested <laughs> it is so much more interesting than whatever we have to say about the fucking photograph <laughs> that's fair we can cut a little bit of time from that but you're saying it's white chocolate with peanut butter filling i want to say that that's what it is that it's sort of like it just doesn't sound good. It's sort good. of like a Zagnut. Have you ever had a, a Zagnut bar? I think you're just making these up now. What the fuck oh, is no. a Zagnut I'm bar? I'm telling you, man. If you ever take... It's, uh, it's 
hold on, let me see. It is a candy bar composed of a combination of caramel, peanut, and almond nougat. Okay, so it's not peanut butter, it's nougat with white uh, fudge on the outside. Zero. I've never, never heard of it. I don't think I've seen one. It actually doesn't sound that bad, but nobody is ever like, hey, let's get a zero bar. Yeah. The only reason I know what a Zagnut bar is, is because of uh, Hancock, to bring this around to an actual movie reference. Uh, because there's the scene, there's a scene where some guy is trying to rob a convenience store. He's like, "Okay, we'll play this little game. You get your gun, I get my Zagnut bar. We'll see who ends up uh, winning this." Shit, you're right. He does say that. I just never. I thought they just made that up because they didn't want to like pay Hershey's or something to. It, you know what? That's actually uh, very impressive because it is now, since 1996, has been owned by Hershey's Foods Corporation. Well, then never mind. My theory is I will give you. I will give you twenty dollars if you can guess what is in a Zagnut bar. Zagnut bar. All right, let's go. Well, we're gonna just chocolate, regular chocolate, starting pretty safe. Okay, there is cocoa. All right, yes. How about, how about wafer? No, uh, the uh, the only the only uh, uh, in fact I'll give you two more tries at this. The only uh, the uh, because you'll never get it. The only uh, candy bar I'm aware of that has wafer is the Kit Kat, if I'm not mistaken. That could be true. I don't know. Uh, I was just going off the wall. Um, all right, so it's called Zag Nut. So it's gonna be some type of nut. Uh huh. It actually, I suppose, technically, it's two types of nuts. Oh no. Okay. So what about like like peanuts and almonds? Uh no. Close. W- uh, you're close. All right. Well, but it's it's a it's okay. It's a it's peanut brittle with cocoa and toasted coconut. I yeah. I never would have guessed that. That sounds not great. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of peanut brittle. My uncle, uh, who I'm certain this will never get back to, always made peanut brittle as, like, a gift to my family for, like, how, for, uh, Christmas. And I just, I don't care for peanut brittle. Uh, I don't care for, like, the bark. I don't like crunchy, I don't like crunchy candy. Maybe I'm weird like that, but it's yeah. if I want something sweet, I'm not going to go for the crunchy stuff. That's why you get the savory stuff. In ten years, uh, when, the, when this makes it to your uncle, it's he's going to be real surprised. Yeah. He's going to come and be like, you know, I heard what you said about my peanut brittle on your obscure podcast, <laughs> episode 21. <laughs> that reminds me of something. I'm actually going to need to tell you, uh, tell you a joke uh, off off air about this, but we'll uh, we'll just move forward and we'll start talking about Bob. Yeah, let's talk about Bob because we've been bullshitting for 15 minutes. <laughs> but that's the joy, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, tell me all about Birds, Bob. Birds of Prey is one, I have quite literally no idea. Is this a reference to a to a comic? I the, assumed that's, that there was some kind of like spin-off called Birds of Prey. I So I'm going to I'm going to check on that, but if uh if there isn't then the name makes literally zero sense. Isn't one of them like a canary? 
Yes, but that's one. That's one. <laughs> Quite literally one. Yeah, I guess. Okay, it is an actual team. Uh, and it's all it's an all fem- female superhero team with the exception of Hawk. And it does include the Black Canary, uh, it, Batwoman, which... Eh, That's a mammal. Or Batgirl. That's a mammal, not a bird. Bastards. Did you ever read that book as a kid about the, the bat helping the mammals win a, uh, a sporting event and that's why he was considered a mammal? Nope. <laughs> and not a bird? I think that was a fever dream you had. <laughs> that's also completely possible. Um, well, who else is on the roster? Anyone that... like uh, Huntress is on it. Batgirl and Batwoman. Uh, it has included... Oh my god. This is why I hate looking at like former members of teams. Because these have been around for so long. It has included... Gus Yale, who was the Oracle. Lady Blackhawk. Big Barda. Jade Canary. Gypsy. Hawk Girl. Manhunter. Judo Master. Misfit. Hawk. Dove, Black Alice, Power Girl, Vixen, Starling, Katana, Strix, Condor, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. I would like to point out that only that the main character that this is about <laughs> is Harley Quinn. And she is not listed in that very long list of people who have been on this team. Yeah, like Poison Ivy made it on there at some point and Harley Quinn never did. And then there, she yeah. takes over the movie. All right. Well, so that aside, uh, how how was the movie? How it was not good. Yeah, it was yeah. well. It was. It made sense how it worked, but the problem was that with Harley Quinn as the uh, as the narrator, which one? Why do you need a Harley Quinn narration on this movie? Uh, but it was so disjointed, and. And told in such a roundabout fashion that, like, you would think it was sort of... It's very annoying when people try to do that Pulp Fiction thing when they have no... Like, they have no understanding of how to do it well. Uh, But it's it's not a story that's told in order. Like, there's multiple times where you have to go back for, like, a ten-minute stretch of the movie for a flashback. And it's just not, not worth your time. Um, the, then there's the fact that one, that Hunter, like, none of the characters get any time to actually flush out their personality. Okay, so, like, they suicide squatted this again. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, the only person that has any personality is Harley Quinn. And I actually enjoy the, um, Margot Robbie, uh, performance as Harley Quinn, but the... Like she, that's that is quite literally the only good thing about this movie. Um, I don't know enough about the comics to know the accuracy of certain characters and their sort of interpretation, but I got the impression that they were trying too hard to be funny in this. Uh, in this, so like Black Mask, as I've always understood him. Has no, was not like a like cheeky or like kind of funny sort of guy. 
I've always understood him, understood him to be a complete hard ass criminal boss. Yeah, I mean, I didn't read the comics, but from every encounter, like I've had in Black Mask and like the video games, cartoons as a kid, he was like a very ruthless, almost borderline psychotic criminal mastermind, like muff. Or like and something. I will, I will give it. This guy is psychotic, but he seems to be like played up in a sort of funny sense. And then there's the fact that Victor Zaz is his second in command, which makes literally no sense. This uh, Victor Zaz, for those that are unfamiliar, uh, is a character that was created in the '90s and is a complete sadist. Like he is the definition of a crazy sadist. Yeah. Who make who gives himself a scar every time he kills somebody, or as he believes, frees them. Yeah. So he's. I didn't even realize he was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guess what? He wouldn't fucking be as at least as I understand it. And maybe, maybe he actually did this at some point. But I seriously doubt he would be the second in command for a fucking mafia boss. Yeah, my understanding of him was always more of like a like he just runs around killing people on his own time, yeah. doing his own shit. But who yeah, knows? like he might be. He might be like sick. He might be sicked on people, but by like mafia bosses. But he would never be considered responsible or sane enough to be able to uh, to be able to be put in that sort of position. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so that's annoying, Huntress. And this is this is a separate project. I wish that someone else besides whoever this studio is that's been writing these DC movies could take control of the DC properties because I would love to see a movie about Huntress's revenge plot because that is like a common theme about Huntress just sort of seeking revenge uh, either against her father or against her father's killers or stuff like that is like a common thread where she just goes around and sort of like the first season of Arrow just starts marking folks. Yeah. And I think that that would actually be like if you made it more of a gritty sort of darker movie, I think it could be a great movie, but not when you put it in the hands of this fucking just clusterfuck of a studio that has controlled the DCEU, which I've heard that the last two movies, Shazam and Aquaman, were actually decent. But when you have shit like Suicide Squad on your resume, or that fucking garbage Martha scene <laughs> in uh, in Super Batman v Superman, like I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back and kind of worry about. Well, it. they just can't get any sort of consistency. You know, they go no. from shit to okay to good to okay to shit to... And it's just... It's, it's. I've heard Man of Steel is actually very good. I didn't mind Man of Steel. And honestly, until, the, like, the dumbness of it, I didn't mind uh, Batman versus Superman that much. It, it, I've heard the Snyder Cut is much better for Batman v Superman. Yeah, I've heard that... Which is why everyone has been calling for the Snyder Cut of Justice League to be released. Yeah, or maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I, maybe I did watch the Snyder Cut of Batman, I don't remember, but I, I don't, they're like, they had the parts that I really liked, that I thought were good, but then everything else just like, 
I, I don't know. They they had they had like they were so close to being almost like figuring out a formula for these movies, and then they just crapped the bed on like, well, pretty much the whole Suicide Squad, but then like important parts of of the other ones, like Justice League was okay until just the whole like I don't know Steppenwolf just seemed like a shit villain. He's boring, just a big guy with a hammer, and then Superman just beats the shit out of him. Which would really be how they solve all of their problems. I don't get why the Justice League I mean, exists. let's get something perfectly clear. The biggest problem with DC is that Superman is such an OP piece of trash superhero. Yeah, he just wins. He just bees invincible at stuff until they go away or die. You literally... They literally had to pull... Like, granted, this happened before Avatar. They had to pull an unobtainium sort of bullshit random element that doesn't exist out of nowhere as the only weakness that Superman has. Yeah. He's yeah, it's Superman. But anyway, back to back to Birds of Prey. You got anything else to yell about? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's plenty. So one, there is I cannot believe that they one, it annoys me that they felt the need like they couldn't make a Harley Quinn movie. Like they seemed to be Hellbent on, like, we can't just do a Harley Quinn movie. We have to make it a, like, ensemble cast because that's the only way we'll be able to get anything out of it. Harley Quinn is a developed enough character to where she can have her own fucking movie. Yeah. And then, separately, did you know that she only came, uh, she was only created back in, like, the 90s? Uh, no, I would have guessed she was a lot older than that, but... Yeah, I'm, like, pretty sure it was, like, 92 or something. Huh. I had no idea. I just thought, the, like, the Joker and Harley Quinn were, like, the the duo. Oh, fucking got it. September 11th, 1992. Nice. She was the first time... Oh, the first time she was introduced was actually on the Batman animated series. Huh. That's weird. It was a good animated series. I watched it as a kid. Oh, yeah. That and the Spider-Man animated series were the two best yeah. superhero ones. A lot of people really enjoyed X-Men, but I was big on those, too. I just, I've never yeah. liked X-Men that much. I don't know yeah. why. Well, well I, I maintain that Spider-Man and Batman have, without question, the best rogues galleries. Like, the best villains. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you go to like Flash, and you've got bullshit like Captain Boomerang and Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, they all start sharing eventually. Yeah. Which is but, good call. Alright. So, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so going back to. We're, we're getting into like very different superhero talk with this, which makes sense. But. Uh, what was it I was trying to say about why I didn't like this movie? So it was disjointed, didn't make, didn't make any sense, really, like, the, the plot followed, I suppose, but the, it was never explained why Black Canary had to be a part of this, like, why was she working for Roman Sionis in the first place? It was sort of said, like, she didn't have a choice, but didn't explore her backstory beyond that almost at all. Uh, Huntress was sort of, her character was written so flat, it was a waste of time. Um, 
They spent more time on this fucking fake made-up kid. Wait, let me check to make sure she's made up. But I'm pretty sure she doesn't actually exist as a character in the DC universe. But she was created as basically a way to make uh, Harley Quinn look like a like a, a superhero instead of a supervillain. Because she decided that she's not going to just straight up murder this chick so she can get a diamond and save her own skin. Which, I'm not sure if that's within, uh, that's within the character of Harley Quinn, but it is most certainly not a, a reasonable thought for, for me to care more. For you to develop a random fucking kid that is not important at all to the, that is not important at all to the DC universe as a whole. And that has more development than any of the other four main characters. Like, so, there's, a, there's a cop that's her basic... Her entire personality, and it's said outright, is the fact that she basic, she's a great cop that speaks in, like, she's an eight, in an 80s movie, an 80s action movie, who was passed over for a promotion because her old partner took credit for her... Uh, her cracking the case. And so now she's stuck with an idiot. Oh, that reminds me what my other big criticism of this was. The feminist sort of girl power thing was so heavy-handed with this. It was painful. Uh, I mean, I could have guessed that. That <laughs> it was going to be down your it throat. Was, it, was, it was just like Captain Marvel, but imagine... Imagine, basically, you took Captain Marvel... And that scene in uh, Endgame where there was that co- that group of female superheroes that got together. Oh, that yeah, were yeah. They, And just decided that you were going to combine those two. And that's what this movie's approach to feminism was. Ugh. Which, I don't even want to get into why that was such a... Why I am so irritated with everything that's going on with that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I have enough to complain about with the DC Extended <laughs> Universe. Yeah, I mean... So, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, this is... I'm not sure if you've noticed. This is just me ranting <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, so what... What ends up happening is... Basically, Roman Sionis is... He ends up turning on... He realizes that Black Canaries betrayed him. And so... uh, She goes... uh, Black Canary has turns on him. Huntress comes to find out that... Roman Sionis had a part in... Her family's murder. The cop has been building a case against Sionis... This little, uh, the cha- the kid has swallowed a diamond that has, that Roman Sionis wants. And Harley Quinn has just basically treated him like shit because she could get away with it. Because no one would touch the Joker's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and so, he wants all of them dead moving forward. And... The, uh, like, I guess that makes sense, but there's no reason that they would fucking trust each other moving forward. 
Aren't they like stuck in a funhouse or something stupid? There, they are. That actually makes sense because it was uh, where Harley Quinn uh, and Joker stockpiled their weapons. Yeah. Okay. So it was like Ace Chemicals or wherever the his hideout usually is. They actually make reference to that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's, I guess, sort of correct then. Um. What else? Yeah, so I I didn't like the way they told the story. I didn't think the plot made a whole lot of sense. I didn't care about any of the characters other than Harley Quinn. uh, Partially because some of them just didn't even follow the arc that they were supposed to. And even as characters that were presented, they were flat, two-dimensional characters. Like, just nothing was good about this movie. Yeah, I just, I, it just seemed like it was going to be another Suicide Squad, and it, from what you're saying, that's exactly, because those are the exact problems with Suicide Squad, except this one didn't have nearly as generic as this bad guy, or like. Oh, yeah, no, that, they totally should have just made Joker the bad guy for Suicide Squad, and it would have been far more compelling. Yeah. Because then you could have this, like, side story about how Harley Quinn is, like, trying to... is torn between basically saving herself or protecting Joker, that sort of thing. But... But we didn't get that, and we got weird... We got a weird (laughs) fucking ultra-powerful witch that also, I guess, was fine. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's, that's just talking more about different movies that weren't this. Um... Did you have any questions about Bob? Uh, I don't think so. I think you answered them all. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I'm not surprised to hear any of that. That's, I think, about what we predicted. It was gonna be a good old poop pile. Exactly. And so now, Connor, what did you think of Downhill? Of Downhill. Okay, so I think. I, I tried to find the video that this was based off of, and maybe I was just wrong. But I thought there was, like, a video that was essentially, like, the avalanche coming and the dad GTFOing. <laughs> and then that's what this movie's based on. And I gotta say, after watching the trailer, like, the full-length trailer, I it looks better than I thought it would be originally. Not to say it's necessarily going to be a good movie, but it, it's... There's a lot more, I, I like at play or there's a lot. It's like conceptually, it's a lot. It's more of like a serious movie than I thought it would be. I guess is a good way to put it. Like I thought this, that's it's actually listed as a drama. Yeah, like I thought this would just be like a Will Ferrell goofy comedy, but then like it seems to be more about him having like a, like his marriage hasn't been great or his dad died and then he's gotten like all kind of fixated on that, which is annoying his wife. So there's tension between them already, and then he ditches his family for an avalanche, and it's them kind of figuring out who, like, what they are in relation to each other again, and as like a family. So that I I think it'll it'll be entertaining. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be good. I do tend to like the things Searchlight puts out, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I'm sort of torn in the sense that uh, Will Ferrell hasn't been hasn't made a good comedy in 
a decade. We've discussed this multiple times, I believe. Yeah. You've, you're not a big Will Ferrell person. I am not. But I think he may be sort of going the Ferrell tra- or the Sandler track where for like a few years he made some decent movies that were pretty funny and then now the only thing that's worth watching him in are actually his serious roles. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and so this might be good. I actually need to sort of look ahead and see if there's any chance that it actually is any good. Um, but I... It's an interesting concept that could... that definitely has potential. But I don't see this being great. I don't have a lot of hope. And I think one problem I have with it is, like, this plot line of this, like, whoever... I don't remember who it is. I don't even know if it's someone who uh, I would know his name. But, like, the stereotypically, like, handsome ski man who comes in to, like, flirt with the wife. Like, that... Hold on a second. What? I need to interrupt you. Guess what uh, the Birds of Prey review... What the audience... What the score for... It's actually basically the same. What the Rotten Tomatoes score is for Birds of Prey. Like, 35. 80! It's 80%! That's because it's feminist propaganda. Is that why the audience score is also 80%? Yeah, it's all feminist propaganda. (laughs) I don't know. That, I mean, oh my god, that, I can't, that makes me angry. (laughs) I mean, I'm mostly joking with that, but it could be. Uh, no, the the explanation for the tomato, the critics' consensus makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I cannot imagine that 81% of people that saw that movie thought it was a good movie. Hasn't it been, like, did it not do very well? Oh, no, I mean, it got $33 million, so it didn't do as well as they probably, they were hoping it to do, like, $45 million. Uh, But it... So it underperformed, but it it wasn't because of men. Because guess what? Men accounted for fifty three percent of the audience. Huh. Well, maybe people just like looking at female superheroes. I don't know. I don't know who it was on this besides Margot Robbie. I don't know. I can't uh, explain it. Yes, yeah, downhill is at forty seven percent. So I think that it's likely to go. It's gonna go the, downhill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna make a point to see it. I wouldn't. Maybe I'll catch it one day. You got any final thoughts on it before we uh, go to downhill? No, not really. So let's talk about the photograph real quick. Okay. We cut the time earlier for whatever nonsense we were bullshit about in, in the beginning, so we gotta. <laughs> Just real quick. Totally worth it. Totally <laughs> worth it. So it's like, uh, I, I think, the one thing I will say about this movie, it, which appears to be the story of, like, this woman who is, have, like, in a relationship or su- sort of getting into a relationship with this guy while also looking at all these pictures of her mom who was somewhat estranged and trying to discover who she was as a person. I don't, something like that. I think this movie would be a lot better if they got rid of the romantic aspect of it. Because, like, I could be, I would be much more intrigued. I mean, like, still have, like, the the romantic interest there, but don't market it as, like, a Valentine's Day romance movie about, like, 
learning how to love or whatever. Make it a movie about this woman who's trying to find out more about her mom through these pictures she took, and I would be much more on board with whatever like cheesy ball of cheese cheese we're getting. That's it. That's well. the The only concern I have with that is that this is like this is basically about how her she learns from uh, arguably her mother's mistakes in the fact that she was her mother was she followed took after her mother in the sense that she didn't uh, she didn't she won't get emotionally close with other people, which is how her mother was. Mm, yeah, that's... And that's, so... This is that plot line, too. Yeah. And so... I think it's... I just... I'm not a big fan of romance movies. I just think that they're usually pretty... Pretty lazily written. And I just don't... I don't see anything super interesting about this movie. Uh, I'm... I suppose... What you're saying about learning about the past through photographs could be, but if I'm not mistaken, that haven't we already seen that sort of movie before? I mean, if we're talking like Memento, then it's a little different. I guess it's not. Uh, yeah, quite I like think that. if this was just like a drama or just like a story about this woman, you know, like if they toned down the romance a little bit, I think this would be an okay movie. But it just looks too like. Yeah, as it is. That's my that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I could ramble some more about this, but we cut we the time so we could do that nonsense earlier. All right, where are we going next? Well, I know where I want to finish. So up next, we're going to Fantasy Island. All right, so Fantasy Island, which is a I guess I don't want to say it's a unique take for like a new horror movie because I have problems with it branding itself as a horror movie. But this is just like somebody was like, he, they learned about like the concept of a genie or a gin, and they're just like, how do we make this into a, in a resort, like a, a movie with a resort in an island? And So you go there and you get your fantasies, they come true, but not in the way you want. And then the trailer seems to give away the, like, the twist of the movie by like a line that's literally like, we weren't here to fill out our fantasies. We were here for somebody else's or something like that. And it just... I mean, it kind of does. It doesn't really explain that much more. But I'm not... Like, I'm curious to see what's caused it and what's going on moving forward. Not enough to actually go see this movie. Yeah, like, but... the dude who's like, he was in the war, and then his, his fantasy was haunting him. It was like a zombie man. Like, I guess it was like a burn-up dude. I don't know. It just it it looks like it's cashing in on all the cliche horror stuff. Because I will give it a slightly original plot, you know, but it it didn't really draw my interest that much. I I think it's it could be I mean Blumhouse isn't known for making high quality horror movies, but it does make it is known for making some interesting, relatively entertaining horror movies. I mean yeah. you're not gonna be seeing it's not going to be, like, A24 quality. It's not going to be uh, Hereditary or uh, Midsommar. It's, or, like, it, but it's it's going to have the blood and guts. It's going to have some people doing weird shit. I think it'll be okay. 
it won't be something that's worth watching in theaters, but going to, but I think it'll be good for, like, Connor's spooky corner at the end of the year. Yeah, I guess maybe I'll catch it on Netflix or Hulu or whenever it shows up, because, well, I mean, Jesus, I watched so many horrible horror movies in October, so this one, it'll be on the top of that list, at least. But you recommended the sequel to The Haunting in Connecticut. Yeah, because that was actually okay. But at the very end, you just gotta put get through the weird ghost flashes. The storyline was okay. I did enjoy it, but you had to like you had to get there. Gotcha. The ride wasn't fun. The destination was okay. But yeah, I I don't know I. I I can't really put my finger on my problems with it, but I do agree with you. I think it will be worth, like, checking out eventually. And now, unless you have more to say? Nope. It's time to get to the sexiest one (laughs) of the night of the episode. Valentine's Day, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. You know, the Sonic the Hedgehog we all know and love, who just ran around the forest from in, the, in the kids' games, Sega games, saving woodland cre- creatures from Dr. Robotnik or Eggman or whichever one you want to call him. Take all that. <laughs> Fuck it. He's an alien now. And he came to our planet to get away from people who were trying to steal his powers. And you know what he found on this planet? People that are trying to steal his powers. So instead of just fucking off again, he goes on the road trip and goes and sees a rubber band ball, and that's 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 the movie. That's the story. That's Jim Carrey's there, playing Dr. Robotnik, who I'm kind of excited about. Otherwise, I don't have high hopes for this. And I wanted to, because I even though like it was not for selfless reasons, I appreciated the studio being like, all right, yeah, we'll change what he looks like. When, like, fans were like, no, stop that. And I like that kind of, like, communication between the audience and the studio. Yep. But it just, I mean, parts of the trailer are like, okay, this would be kind of fun. But it just looked like, yeah, it just, it, it looked too cheesy. And, like, it, it, it might solely be a kid's movie, which I didn't expect I thought it would be like kind of, you know, the middle ground. Like adults can see it, you get the nostalgia, kids will like it. It's weird to see a mostly live action movie nowadays that doesn't have at least uh, um, appeal to nostalgia if it has sort of a kid's approach to it. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I expected it to be a little, like maybe take itself a little bit more seriously than the trailer made it out to look like it. It does. I didn't have that expectation at all. I am glad, like you said, that they changed the appearance, that he looks more like the traditional Sonic character. Uh, and you you know that the reason he looked like such garbage before is because some stupid fucking executive that doesn't know shit about Sonic was just like, yeah, let's make him look more realistic. That way people will be able to relate to him more. It's like, no, you dumb fuck. <laughs> The reason people like him is because of the way he is. There's no reason to fucking change him to look like he should be an extra on fucking Cats. <laughs> he was... It was honestly kind of horrifying what it, what it looked like before. It was bad. It was very bad, yeah. So, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you, how do you think the movie's going to be? 
I think that this movie is going to be such dog shit. <laughs> it's going to be so great. Uh, I I think that the comedy is not going to... It's going to be immature. It's not going to be very intelligent. It's not going to be very creative. Uh, it's going to be basically... Like... Mm, mm, Jim Carrey is another one who hasn't had a good movie in quite some time. Yeah, Jim Carrey like peaked with Sunshine and Truman Show. And then... Truman Show was so good. Yeah. And then he's just kind of gone... He's been doing weird roles for there. I don't know. I think he maybe had kids, so he's been doing like... I guess The Mask was pretty good, but that might have been before that. I... That was like in 1990. Yeah. So I, I do... I really like Jim Carrey. I don't quite know why, but he, he, I agree, he hasn't made a good movie, and I cannot tell you how long. Apparently that show he did on Showtime was, was okay. I didn't, uh, I don't, what, what was it? He basically played like a super fucked up Mr. Rogers. No, I haven't, I haven't even heard of this. Uh, let me... Let me effort this some more. But uh, so while you're doing that, I will say, like, I like Jim Carrey, and I will, I do think his performance will be, I don't know, okay. I I think it'll undoubtedly be the best part of the movie, and I had high hopes for it until I saw this trailer, and now I'm like, it's, it. You're right. I think childish is a really good word that you used, because that's just kind of how everything feels, and I hope the humor would be like a little bit more intelligent than that but it doesn't look it looks like they just they lost they lost all their rings or put some sonic analogy in here and then why can why are his rings like portals he can just zip on fuck on out to the desert yep i don't yep uh by the way the mo- the show that he's been doing is called kidding it follows Jeff Pickles, also known as Mr. Pickles, who is an iconic children's television host. So yeah, like Mr. Rogers. Uh, but when his family begins to implode, his life starts to take a downward spiral, and he, his as the there's a slow leak of sanity that is advancing faster than he can cope with it. <laughs> that actually, that sounds not too bad. It sounds like it's fine. I've heard decent things about I, it. I can just see Jim Carrey in that role, and I think he'd do it pretty well. Yeah. Like, playing a super friendly guy slowly going insane. That might just be Jim Carrey. I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen the art that he posts? No. Dude's messed up in the head. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ever since he played, uh... Who do you play? Andy Kaufman? And yep. Man on the Moon? Yeah, ever since he played that, he said, like, he's just been kind of fucked up. Because he, like, got in such a weird headspace for that. Have you heard of all the different shit that Andy Kaufman would pull as basically a performance artist? Isn't it just, like, really weird? I think I heard Jim Carrey talk about it, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember the specifics. There was one time that he had, like, an hour set because he was sort of kind of a stand-up comedian. There was one time he was, uh, it was an hour set, and he just read Edgar Allan Poe for an hour. <laughs> that, I'd be so pissed. 
Um, he also, uh, and one another podcast that I really like, has used this, uh, this story before, but he had a, a character where it was a lounge singer. I can't remember what the character's name was, but the... The character comes out and says, "Well, I just lost my uh, my wife recently, but I, in order to cheer up my daughter, I figured that we should uh, I I could bring her out here and she could sing a little song for you guys." And then it's it's just an actress, but the pe- the crowd doesn't know that, and so they get through like halfway through the first song and she's doing a great job, and then she like forgets her words and he just starts yelling at her like being <laughs> being super aggressive i think he might slap her at one point or do like one of those fake hollywood slaps yeah. <laughs> and and everyone just starts booing and he's like don't boo it's not gonna help her any she's sensitive <laughs> that one's a little funnier but like with all the knowledge that would be just horrible yeah. to fucking time Oh shit! All right. Well, you got anything more on Sonic, or we want to wrap it up? Uh, no, I think we should wrap it up. This all is. Right. I I think that we just went and we had all five of these movies results in a not in a trailer trash rating. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think I think that's a pretty good summary. All right, so. Uh... Ian. Let's end this end this episode where the most positive thing we discussed was the candy. <laughs> I learned what a zygote bar was or what a zag zero nuts. Zagnut. Yeah. A zygote a zygote is a it's like sperm. Oh. Sperm or an egg is a zygote because it only contains What's the thing? a single a single one of the sex chromosomes. What's the thing from Harry Potter? Oh, Bezor, like the goat stomach. Right? Isn't that... How in God's name did you get zygote out of bezel? They're pretty much the same word, and that is all I'll say <laughs> on that. <laughs> so, Ian, tell us, tell us about your other thing that you do. You're a podcasting man. Uh, I do a gambling podcast uh, where we're about to transition away from football and probably start talking about college basketball and hockey this week. Are you guys talking uh, XFL at all? I was just made aware of the entire existence of this. We might, honestly. We haven't really discussed it, but that would be <laughs> that would be very amusing if we did it, but we're probably going to do a... Uh, we're probably going to do a March Madness bracket. That makes sense. Mayor's bet, and... That's uh, that's about it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Josh actually he came up this weekend, and I he's just like this is a whole new football league that exists. And I was like, what? And it's, oh yeah, no, it's super weird. The uh, like instead of having the option to where you can kick for one point, you actually you have to run a play, and the distance from the goal is what determines what the. Uh, what the <laughs> like number of points you get are. So, like, if you run a play from the two-yard line, you can uh, you can get one extra point. If you get run it from the five, you can get two extra points. And if you run it from the ten, you can get three. Are people just, like, drinking and making up the rules to this? What the hell is the XFL? I might watch, uh, I might watch it. It sounds more fun. 
I think they tried to take out the parts that they wanted to try and get something new and different. They wanted to make it more exciting for people. Oh my god, they're making a cookies and cream Twix bar. That would probably be delicious. All right, everybody. Thanks, thanks for listening. It's been Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. We have a Twitter, I think. It's Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. We're RCTT Podcast. Yeah, one of those. Until next time. Until next time?